Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 175, Time Travel. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello, welcome to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know. And we are going to get into an interesting topic today about time travel, John. That is going to be interesting there. Yeah, I think uh, people, you know, it's it's a it's been the realm of science fiction yeah. ever since H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. And, uh-huh. uh, but I think uh, we're going to look into the Bible and see, is time travel even possible? Hmm, okay. or, and if it is, who can do it? And who's been doing it? Yeah, who's been yeah. doing it, yeah. So before we dive into that, we're going to go ahead and welcome our newest seekers. Oh, I'll take care of that. So this episode is brought to you by the following uh, new subscribers, and they are Micah G., Michelle M., Wesley L., Stephanie J., and Jennifer T., who became Seekers in September of 2023. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for becoming Seekers for us. And as we started doing recently, we're letting people know some testimonials of folks that have been impacted by this show. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that because we want you as our Seekers, our subscribers that support us, we want you to know that this is the kind of impact you're making uh, in people's lives. I've got a little testimonial here from Eric S. Eric S. And he writes, I've emailed you before to let you know that because of you, I began seeking God's truth passionately. I was saved last year and then baptized on February 4th of this year. I hope this gives you encouragement to know that you are having an impact. Wow. And it does, Eric. That gives us great encouragement to know that anything we could do would have a positive influence on someone's life. Yeah. And that really is the goal, that we want you that maybe have never even picked up a Bible to think, these things are in the Word of God, this yeah. is in the Bible, and hopefully uh, dive in yourself and maybe come to an understanding. He, did he say he was saved as a result of listening to the show, or he was saved and then he started listening? Or is it unclear a little bit? Well, I'm not sure. I, I glean by the way he wrote it that maybe he got saved, um, he says, uh, last year. Okay. So it seems like it was recent. So I, I'll, we'll take the, we'll take the feather. Yeah, and we'll say yeah, I got saved because of Bible. Well, I, I guess I was asking that because <laughs> either way, I mean, if you were saved as a result of you listening to the show, which praise God, if that Amen. happened, yeah, or if you are a Christian already and you're, which I'm going to relate to myself. I've been a Christian for many years probably hadn't lived like a Christian my entire life, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. But anyways, many of us. Uh, yeah, I think everybody has that testimony, right? But uh, I've been a Christian for many years, and I guess um, there were things in the Bible that opened up to me in the last two or three years, right, yeah. that I'm starting to learn about now. So for this gentleman here, he's been a Christian for a year, and he's listening to the podcast. He's hearing stuff that a lot of people are just, their eyes are just being now opened up to. 
right? You know, I want to follow up on that thought. The seed war, the yeah, yeah the the prophecies that are out there, the fallen angels, all that stuff. But go ahead, sorry. No, I want to follow up on that thought. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read one more testimonial from another uh, okay. person, and then I want to come back to what you just said because it reminds me of something. So first, Greg M. Okay. Also wrote us, and he said, I just want to let you all know how much I've enjoyed listening to your podcast for about the last five months. I finally got around to donating and subscribing. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Uh, my wife and I look forward to each upcoming episode. That's great to know. Yeah. Uh, keep up the great and super thought-provoking work you're doing. We absolutely love it. We look forward to meeting you all in heaven, if not sooner. Now, that I love. Okay. Uh, look forward to because that tells me they know and they have a testimony. And uh, so thank you mm-hmm. uh, for that, Greg, and, and for all of you that write us. Um, we appreciate you, but we also want to share these things because we want our seekers to know this is the kind of uh, fruit you're bearing, this kind of impact yeah. you're having. Now, John, you, so you, when you just shared your own little testimony about uh, being a, a Christian for many years, but recently coming to understand yeah. more, and, and it, it's like, would you say something rekindled an interest in the Scriptures for you? Um, I think it was just more me finding out that there was so much more to the Bible than just a bunch of stories, right? Yeah. So, and <clears throat> as a, because you've shared with me that some of your own upbringing was... You know, you had parents that kind of made you go to some things, yeah. so you didn't necessarily want to be there all yeah. those times. But you were, you were sort of, you've had you feel of it, you know. Yeah, and and everything that I heard growing up um, and being a Christian, I thank God for my parents and what they, you know, had me do. Of course, was all about Paul's ministries, mm-hmm. which are great, and everyone should study those. And Absolutely, was, and was all about rightly dividing the Bible and the mm-hmm. only. Romans through Philemon was written directly to me, right? And as a result, I only thought that the Old Testament and the other books of the Bible were a collection of stories about God's people. And I understood all that, right? The creation message and things like that. I never really spent any time studying any of that, nor did I know of all of the amazing stuff that was in there, right? When you start learning about Genesis 3, and the beginning of the seed war, right? Yes. When I heard that for the first time, I was like, I probably read that 25 times, but I never thought a whole lot about it because yeah. it just sounded like the creation story. When I was introduced to what really happened in Genesis 6, where fallen angels took wives of, of human women right. and created the Nephilim, I had probably read that before and just thought it was another old Bible story, right? When you start thinking this, wait, this is talking about the history of the world and what happened. When you truly wrap your mind around that and listening to podcasts like this or other podcasts that that are out there that teach about this stuff, all of a sudden the Bible takes on a whole new meaning. Like why was God sending Joshua into the lands to wipe out entire groups of people. Well, they weren't truly people, right? They were Rephaim that were still remnants of yes. the Nephilim that are on earth. And then all of a sudden, once you start diving, and I'm scatter shooting here on a lot of stuff, right? You start thinking about, well, the UFO phenomenon, which is apparently real because there's so much evidence of it, 
breaks the brains of Christians, right? Yes. Well, then all of a sudden, wait, you can tie the UFO phenomenon into what happened in the history of the world. And I don't know. What I'm getting at is there's so much more to the Bible than just a bunch of old stories. Exactly. And it ties in all of it, like the, the Bigfoot sightings. It ties in UFOs. Yeah. It ties in the, the World Economic Forum and the, and the Current sinister. Events. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Absolutely. And as the world is kind of going crazy in the minds of many people, and it is, it, it allows us to make sense of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember, so many people may not know this, but um, when I first came to Texas, I started teaching Bible classes along the lines of the same rightly dividing that you grew up in. Uh, we actually had Bible classes for a time in your home, and your parents mm-hmm. uh, were part of that and supported us. And then work took you to other cities and you moved away. So we kind of lost keeping in touch with each other for quite a number of years. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently that you had moved back closer to this area that we uh, got in contact again. But the the first thing that happened was you reached out to me to say, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. Yeah. So was was the podcast something that you found accidentally or did somebody tell you about it? Well, so what happened there was... um, my wife and I, we've always gone to church and tried to raise our kids in the church and do all that. But me personally um, became very, very convicted with church just because I felt like there was no meat on the bone, right? Okay. I would go, to, we went to great churches that were great in raising our kids, and I'm not dogging them at all, right? Sure. Um, but me personally, I would go in there and sit there and listen to different messages, and some were great, and some I felt like were very vanilla, like they didn't want to touch on topics or they were avoiding topics like LGBTQ issues sure. and UFOs would never be talked about. And and let's just put it, let's just say this, prophecy, that was really my biggest thing, was what is going on with all of these current world events and prophecy okay. and things like that. And I felt like I wasn't being fed in the church at all with okay. those, those subjects, to the point where I got so frustrated that one day I went to my wife and I said, I just don't even think I want to go anymore. Like, I, I would rather just sit down by myself in my study and try to read the Bible and try to make sense of it, which is difficult for someone who doesn't really know a whole lot, mm-hmm. than just to go up there and listen to another 15-minute rock concert, another 30-minute message oh. about how I need to be a great guy and okay. stuff that I already know about. And my wife actually told me, she said, well, why don't you listen to Scott Mitchell's podcast, right? And you and I hadn't talked in 20 years. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. So I listened to the podcast and you and Zena were doing stuff and you guys were talking about Project um, Paperclip and <laughs> right. uh, the Seed War and the Nephilim and all of a sudden my brain blew up, right? Mm. And I think that that's when it kind of reopened my eyes to stuff. And then I started listening to other podcasts and things like that. So it was kind of a gateway drug for me back into <laughs> the stuff that I'd been wondering about for so long. Well, and then I, I reached out to you, right? And then next thing I know, here I am. And here you are. Yeah, that was uh, that's a whole other story about how you came to be a co-host with me when Zena had to go do some other things. But uh, I, I asked you that simply because you had a testimony too, you know, and mm-hmm. and and one that I I truly am thankful for because of, of how it brought us together. But like these people that are writing us, you know, yeah. this the the show had an impact even on you to the point where now you're actively involved with it. And uh, and so it, it just shows how the Lord works. You know, yeah. he kind of brought you uh, to, uh, to, to us, uh, which we are grateful for, but it also brought something for you and Jana 
yeah. to uh, to be able to participate in and and, be, and benefit from. So I just I'm so grateful to the Lord. And that all that whole conversation right there started because Chris I forgot his last name uh, wrote in and I was like, man, he's been a Christian for a year. Yeah. He's learning so much in the last year if he's listening to this podcast and he's studying on his own. Yeah. He's probably further ahead than I am <laughs> being a Christian for 25, 30 years because I got to the point of mental exhaustion and yeah. call it frustration with the church because I wasn't being fed until I came to hear the stuff about prophecy and, and uh, the, you know, which brings all of the Bible together. Yeah. You know, and podcasts like this. This one does it. There's also other great ones out there that'll that you can seek out and and anyway. That's that's it's true. Just, I guess I'm a testimony to the podcast now. Well, you really are, <laughs> and that's that's why I wanted to share that. So thank you yeah. for bringing that up, John. I appreciate you doing that. And so we'll go ahead and dive in. But you know, it just it just as you were telling me all this, it just makes me think there's so many great resources out there. All the guests yeah. we've had who are either authors or mm-hmm. filmmakers or or whatever have these amazing testimonies. Of, of truth themselves. So make sure you dive into those oh, things if, too. If you're not, not just the information they're sharing about what they've learned, but yeah. how they came to a knowledge of the Lord. You know? If you're not reading books by Ryan Peterson, yeah. I mean, if you don't have Ryan Peterson's books, stop whatever you're doing and go on Amazon <laughs> and order them, right? Because they're going to blow your mind up. Absolutely. Timothy Alberino. Yep. L.A. Marzulli. Yep. Sylvia McKelvey. Yes. I'm just going to name those four. Oh, and Karen and Wilkinson. Karen Wilkinson's Karen Wilkinson's book, which is an eye-opening five, personal account. Yeah, those of, five yeah. people have written all written books, either one book or a couple of books, and they you should read all of those because yeah. all of that is stuff that we're talking about, but just in better detail. Yeah. You know? And there's a and one of the authors that you don't remember, and he may not have been on when you and I were hosting, was Gary Miller. Uh, Gary P. Miller, he's just written some amazing books, and we're going to reach out to him to have him back on to talk about hell. Okay. Yeah, we had him to talk about eternity, and uh, so we'll reach out to Gary soon. But back to today's subject, we're going to talk about time travel, John. Okay. And you know, we mentioned last week that the narrative about UFOs is changing from extraterrestrial to interdimensional beings. Yeah. Uh, we'd explored the other dimensions last week, but one hypothesis being put forward is that of these time-traveling entities. Uh, some are even suggesting that these UFOs are actually human beings from the future coming yeah. back to observe us or I don't know what, you know, make yeah. sure. Yeah. And you, you see it like Star Trek um, episodes have plenty of time travel type. Yeah. I actually watched a documentary last night about a guy. His name is Rail. There's all these people called Raelians. Have you mm. heard of this? I, I, some of it's it, It's a yeah. cult from yeah. the 60s and 70s. But anyways, his philosophy was that uh, we were created by human beings from another planet from the future. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of what the, the Alien series movies is about. This mm-hmm. uh, this whole thing called, um, I've forgotten the title of the movies now, but these big human-like looking giant people. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the Alien movies where the creatures that... You know, kill people and eat eat you and what I yeah, okay. burst out of your chest. Uh, the original Alien movie with Sigourney Weaver is the one I'm referring to. Oh, that Alien, yeah, like Alien, 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 yeah. yeah. But they've done future, uh, more recent versions of it, and I forget what they're called. But they're like the origin stories of how that okay. all came yeah. about. Anyway, they're they're proposing a similar thing that you're okay. describing. So it, the the questions we're going to ask today is: time travel even possible? 
You know, is there evidence in Scripture that allows for such a possibility to even be considered? Okay. So let's dive into the Word of God there. And we'll go to Revelation chapter 1. And you mentioned Ryan Peterson and his great book, The the Judgment of the Nephilim and the Final Nephilim, are two, yeah. two books along with all his many study works, study guides. But Ryan posed the idea about God being outside the realm of time. And he, yeah. he created the laws of physics, which time is part of. So mm-hmm. he is not bound by them. But one verse that he brings up that brings up the very truth of this is Revelation 1, verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So while this is the angel of the Lord appearing to John in the book of Revelation, he speaks for God when he says, I am Alpha and Omega. Mm -hmm. So the beginning and the ending. So God is not bound by time. He, He sees it all. He's outside of time. He's eternal. And therefore, he can say this. Uh, And then at the end of the book of Revelation, the last chapter, 22, he speaks again in verse 21. And again, it's the angel of the Lord, but he speaks for Jesus Christ. So he's speaking on behalf of him as though he is the one talking. And he is Alpha and Omega. And he says again, verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So Hmm. everything about this is declaring himself to be God outside of time. So for me, God wouldn't travel through time. He created time. He sees time. You know, we live in a linear existence, so we see one moment to the next, whereas God sees all of it at once, Mm -hmm. all of time. And that's even prior to human history. You know, all the time of the ancient angelic civilizations. So we can certainly ascertain that God, uh, we could say, is steps outside of time. He steps into time occasionally. You know, obviously when he was Jesus, the man, right, he was in time. He lived a temporal existence for the purpose of redemption. But then he returned to glory where he is in eternity again, outside of time, but observing time. But and he's not time traveling. I wouldn't call he's it time traveling. Because that would be trying to place a marker on him saying he's mm-hmm. here and now he's here yeah. when he's actually, I'm going to use a dumb term, 30,000 feet up. He's probably way more than that, right? Yeah. But he's looking at the beginning and the end and right. in both places at one time. That's more of an observation point with my limited vocabulary. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and that he's observing all of time at once, both yeah. the past, present, and the future. Yeah. So he's not traveling through time. He is outside the confines of time. Yeah. You know, so we could say that he's removed himself from the space-time continuum, if you want to get scientific about it. It's just a difficult it. thing for us to even understand. Oh, exactly. Eternity is difficult to understand. Yeah. So God is eternal. Therefore, he's outside the bounds of time. Mm-hmm. He can step into time, but I don't know that I would call that time travel. I would just call that God working his perfect will. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then if we go to the book of Exodus, when Moses first encountered God on the mount in the burning bush, you know, God mm-hmm. speaking to him. And in a sense, you could say he's stepping into time to do that. Yeah. But it's the same Jesus Christ that's speaking to Moses from the burning bush that was speaking through the angel of the Lord to John in the book of Revelation. Okay. And what's interesting is how he names himself. I, I had a question recently from a listener about what is God's name? And it's found right here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, 
because he was going to send the, Moses to Israel in yeah. Egypt to say, you're going to be delivered from Egypt. When I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto me. And he goes on to say that this would be his name forever. Mm-hmm. I am. So that's an amazing thought. And Ryan gets into that in the final Nephilim about uh, this is God, and he gets into some physics that I don't fully... Yeah. Ryan would be better to describe it. Well, Ryan's got twice your brain power oh, and easily. 50 times mine. <laughs> <laughs> easily. Uh, but he definitely explains how God uh, steps up. He gets into the quantum physics realm yeah. of it and how God can be in more than one place at one time because he's well, outside this, of time. This is Moses trying to describe. To, he, so he's saying to God, I have to go back to these people and explain to them who their God is, right? Right. Well, their only familiarity with gods is what they saw in Egypt, right? All these different gods that people were worshiping or whatever yeah so he has to go back and say well which one are you yeah and he's saying i am I'm like this I'm god the yeah. one who's been around forever not those which are small g gods right right huh. so so we start with he starts by saying in a sense my name is that which is not bound by time yeah i am yeah. Just as Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, who the first and the last, I am. He always exists. Mm-hmm. He has no beginning and no ending. But time has a beginning. Yeah. Because God created time for his creation. So if we go to Genesis 1, verse 1, which everybody knows, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, when did time start? In the beginning. In the beginning. God exists before time began, so time began in the beginning. That's when it started. And it it was ticking, if you will, time, uh, long before there was the sun and the moon by which we measure time. So this breaks my brain, right? Because this is a human concept. Yes. In the beginning, right? The beginning of time. That's a human concept. Yeah. Because before the beginning, God was... And is. And is, and there was no time. That's hard for me to even wrap my brain around because as long as I've been around, there's been seconds, minutes, years, right? Everything's measured. Right. And right now you're giving me a starting point. In the beginning, boom, right there. That's when time began. Well, before that, there was no time. Right. And to break your brain even more, before the beginning, when there was no time, God was and is and will be. Yeah. Which and, is a hard concept because yeah. people are like, well, what was he doing? Yeah. And so he Which transcends time. Beyond our yeah. comprehension, I believe. It, it really is. But what's fascinating is in this very verse, the very first verse of the Bible in Hebrew, we've got some interesting words because Jesus referred to himself as I am Alpha and Omega. Mm-hmm. Those are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Okay. Because that's the New Testament is written in Greek. So the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. So I broke that down, and I don't know Hebrew, but okay. but you can go to a Strong's Concordance. And so the, that verse, you're looking at a slide, and our, our our listeners can't see this, but it's the it's the first verse of the Bible in Hebrew letters. It's that second line, and it's read from right to left because Hebrew is read from right to left. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out 
about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. So it's literally translated into English as, In the beginning created God the heaven and the earth. Okay. Okay. Now, the Hebrew words for in the beginning is Bereshit, and created is bara. Okay. And then God is Elohim. Okay. Okay. And and it's this next word is the Hebrew word et or eight. Okay. And it's two letters. I'm going to come back to that. But it has no direct translation into English. It's used as the, or the word and, later. What hmm. You've got the heaven is shamayim, shamayim, whatever, and then and et, and then the earth is eretz. Okay. Okay. So that's the first verse of the Bible, but et between the heaven and the earth is the word and. I don't understand Hebrew, but the way it works, other words modify whether or not a word has usage or is going to mean something mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So because the heaven and the earth are both surrounding the word eight, they okay. give it the word and. Yeah. But prior to that, it's right after the word Elohim. So it doesn't have a direct translation. We believe that it's it's there to indicate that God, Elohim could be any of the gods. Yeah. But it's this one God, the one who's speaking, the one who's creating. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is the word eighth is by itself it has no translations without something to modify it. But the letters are made up of the Hebrew letters Aleph and Tav, okay. which are the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Hmm. The beginning okay. and the end. Yeah, It's the same equivalent as Alpha and Omega in Greek. So you could say the word Elohim by itself, and it could be in any of the gods. Yeah. But when you have eighth with it, eight, it's that God. Yeah. And that God is Aleph and Tav, Alpha and Omega, the beginning okay. and the end. Yeah. That kind of blows my mind. Yeah. That it describes the very God itself and the who who is huh. doing the creating in the first verse of the Bible, you know. So that there's no mistake. It's not Lucifer, it's not any of the angels. Yeah. It's no one else. But this God. It's not the Anunnaki. I am. It's not the Anunnaki. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Now, further in Genesis, in the same chapter 1, verse 14, we read, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Time indicators. Yeah. You know, we're talking about the sun, the moon, and the stars. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. So time started in the beginning, but we don't know how much time elapsed before the earth was without form and void in verse 2. And then during earth's renovation, God put lights in the firmament for man to be able to account for time passing. So like you said, ever since you've been alive, there's been seconds, minutes, Mm -hmm. hours ticking by. And we reckon them through these lights. Okay. You know, there used to be sundials because as the sun moved, it told mm-hmm. us what hour of the day it was. The month is determined by the moon and the cycles of the moon. And on and on yeah, it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So 
time starts in the beginning. But again, I and and some would argue, well, when God began creating, He started with the earth as a mess, and that's how you know the six days of creation was the beginning of time. I don't agree with that. Yeah. The beginning of time could have been millions and billions of years before the renovation of Genesis one verse two began. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about that on other episodes. But it would just seem to me that time is given for man to account. Or rather, I should say, these lights were put in the heavens for man to account for time. Uh, and okay. it sort of indicates that maybe they weren't there before. And they didn't need to be because yeah. God's light yeah. lit the universe, lit the creation, lit the planets. And as we've talked like with Timothy Alberino about Mars, you know, maybe it was once inhabited by these angels too. Yeah. And the light of God was what gave them hmm. all that they needed to sustain life. You know. Then we go to Genesis 8. And... Since time was intended for man, as indicated by the lights that he created, Mm -hmm. by which we record time, and it affects the seasons and harvests and days, God, however, can, as we stated earlier, can step in and out of time at his will. So if you notice Genesis 8, verse 21, And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again accurse the ground any more for man's sake. So this is after the flood of Noah. Okay. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I've done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. And the earth is going to remain forever. Hmm. So time is never going to stop. That's another mind-blowing concept. You know, while God is eternal and didn't even need time, he created time in the beginning, and then he put lights on for man on the earth to account for time. And those are going to abide forever. The sun and the moon. Do you think that this part of the verse, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, (coughs) cold and heat, summer and winter. So it's obviously talking about seasons here. And day and night shall not cease. This flies directly in the face of people saying that, if we don't stop what we're doing, we're going to have another ice age. Oh, Absolutely. It disproves climate change. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Okay. That's kind of what I was interpreting interpreting as I was reading that. Good call out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just one of many verses we could cite to say the climate change is a lie. Yeah. Sure, man can have an impact on the planet. We we brought a a universal impact of sin when Adam and Eve, you know. But um, are we going to make it uninhabitable because of driving an SUV? No. Yeah. That's complete nonsense. Yeah. God said he's going to preserve it forever. Yeah. If the most damage that's going to be done to the climate is going to be done by the Lord himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he's going to restore it to a new a new earth, you know. So that's another thing that climate deny climate change denies. They call now, us climate Now when deniers. you say that and I'm jumping into a whole other topic, but that is in reference to the Lord burning up the earth, right? To create a new earth. Yeah. And would that be pre-millennial reign of Christ? Well, you've got the damage that's going to be done in the time of tribulation, premillennial. Yeah. And then you've got the earth being burned up and a new heaven created at the end of the thousand years. So that's after the millennial reign of Christ. Yeah, well, there's destruction of, of the planet in both ends. Okay. Both ends. Wow. Okay. But not, not the complete. There won't be a new earth until the end of the thousand years. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, and again, I'm jumping on another subject, so I apologize, but that'll be the Lord burning up everything on the earth and then that vessel comes down from heaven which is the giant cube the new jerusalem yeah the new jerusalem whether it's a cube i'm not sure but it looks to be that way okay yeah it could be a pyramid wow yeah it could be but that's another 
Man, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just throwing no, stuff. Okay. I'm throwing curveballs at you. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I mean, it, it's okay because we're already talking about something that, yeah. like I mentioned Ryan Peterson's book, The Final Nephilim. He gives a bit of insight into quantum physics there, mm-hmm. um, explaining how God exists beyond time, being in the past, present, and future all at once. But it's because of that that he can tell us about that city that's coming. Yeah. You know, and even if we're wrong about the timing of it, it doesn't mean... Sure. That's, okay. You know, so this is why prophecy can be given. If you think about it, prophecy is like God's not telling the future. He is the future. Yeah. He's there now yeah. seeing it and letting us know what's coming. Different than, say, a, a familiar spirit that can maybe, uh, and that's what we're going to get into. Can they travel or see somewhat into the future only because they're in a higher realm or spiritual realm that we can't see? Yeah. You know. And so in Isaiah 46, verse 9, God says this, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, I am, mm-hmm. and there's none else. There's only one, et Elohim. Okay. Okay. There's none else. I am God, and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Hmm. So that's kind of what he declares the end from the beginning because he's there. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of I'm predicting the future. Yeah. It's a matter of it's already been done. Yeah. So we, we you know, that's hard for us to comprehend. But in, in the sense of looking at it from the lens of man and time travel, he doesn't have to travel through time. Time exists within him. You know, he created mm-hmm. it. He's, he's the one that binds it. And he sees the end of eternity, too, because he's there as well. It's just a concept that's very hard for me to wrap my mind oh, around because I, tell me. I don't know anything outside of linear time. We're, we're finite, and yeah. God is infinite. Yeah. So, but we're going to join him in eternity, and, that, and yet we'll, we'll see time transpire. We're, we're going to have day and night and season yeah. and harvest and seed time this, and all this that. This is a hard conversation for me to have with my kids, too, because <laughs> they're like, okay, so we go to heaven and we have eternal life. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what do we do forever? Like, And it's like just the, the thought of forever everlasting yeah. life is like blows my head up, right? Oh, it's How a do you try to thing. describe it to someone else, right? You're like, you know what? I don't know what we do for forever. I don't know that we could describe it or yeah. explain it. I, I think we have to just experience it yeah. and be in that realm and in glory with the Lord to even be able to comprehend it. And maybe that's part of the glorified body. Obviously, your intelligence is going to be way off the charts compared to what we're limited to by right now. Oh, yeah. I'll finally be able to, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, I, but I guess my, my point is your consciousness or your understanding of things, it'll be like... Oh, yeah. Now I get it, right? Here's what I'm going to do with eternity. Whereas now I'm going, I'm worried about 10 years down the road right now. Yeah. You know, that's how limited my or tomorrow. Right? Yeah, right? right? So anyways, Interesting. deep thoughts there. So talking about those things that are hard to comprehend, John, mm-hmm. you know, we could get into the debate that some have about like flat earth or spherical earth. And we really don't know. Yeah. I mean, I believe the Earth is a sphere. I've I've looked into the flat Earth stuff, and I don't think there's anything to it. But I'm going to read a passage that a flat Earth believer might use as his argument to justify why he thinks the Earth is flat. Okay. And it's Joshua 10, verse 12. And I don't know if you know this, but there was a day when the Earth stood still. Mm-hmm. 
it's not how it's described here, but that's what we would call it. So verse 12 says, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, Rephaim giants, by the way. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down about a whole day. Now, like I said, they would use this as an argument. Well, if we're spinning, you know, and the earth were to suddenly stop, we'd all go flying off and into space and whatever. And the Bible says that the sun stood still. Well, what if neither is true? God, since he created time and he said he created the sun and the moon and the stars for man to reckon time and seasons and whatever. Yeah. He could control, he could stop time. Sure. And maybe he simply stopped time and everything froze. I don't know how he did it, but God created the laws of physics. He can yeah. break them. He well, can suspend time, them. Time froze, but then they continued to fight. Right, yeah, yeah, humanity was moving. Yeah. So God is able to do anything he wants to. Yeah. And to me, he was able to suspend the ordinances of the sun and the moon and literally manipulate time because he created time. He doesn't need to travel through time. He transcends it. He controls yeah. it. So this, to me, is evidence that we can try to understand the laws of physics with our limited understanding all we want, but even the most brilliant theoretical physicist has no more comprehension of the laws of physics than we are trying to understand eternity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that infinite for us. And therefore, if God says the sun stayed still, he can stop time. That's what he did. He didn't have to stop the spinning of the earth. He stopped time. Yeah. And he did yeah. so because he created time. He controls it. Now, is it possible that fallen angels or demons can travel or see through time or at least to the future. Because we talked mm -hmm. about reptilians and yeah, the, the yeah. pythons and the unclean spirits and familiar spirits, and divination was literally fortune-telling, future-telling. So since I believe only God can manipulate time okay. since he created it, I would suggest entities in the spirit realm can maybe see some of the future, yeah. assuming it's not a lie when they reveal what they see, because they're liars. Yeah. You know, but yeah. maybe they can do some things, because sometimes they, they show a little glimpse of the future, and prophets, false prophets, can tell some of it as to be true. Okay. So we saw in that episode about the um, familiar spirits and reptilians, Deuteronomy 18.10, God said, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. So that seems to be an indication that these unclean spirits have mm -hmm. the, either the ability to see something into the future, or maybe the fallen angels can communicate to them what they see, okay. and they have the ability. So let's d dive into that. Because the one passage that we'll close with that I know was Satan, a fallen angel, being able to at least show a human being something about the future occurred yeah. in Luke chapter 4. 
And we've referred to this before, but it's verse 5. It says, And the devil taking him, Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, who stepped out of eternity and into time to be a human being for the purposes of him suffering on the cross. And here he is after 40 days fasting, the devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Mm-hmm. So God must have allowed him the ability to either glimpse into the future or bring Jesus in through time or something like that. So something about the spiritual realm seems to be able to see some of the future. Yeah. Never mentions anything about the past. I don't think they can go back in time. So there's no back to the future kind of travel. But he was able to show Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I would say that's future. You don't think that he's showing him everything from Nimrod all the way to the future at the end? I, it doesn't specify what it is. Yeah. I would argue it's because he's about to make him an offer, and yeah. he can't offer him what has passed. Okay. So he says, and the devil said unto him, all huh. this power will I give thee and the glory of them. So it must have been future. Okay. It must have been a present and future that he could offer him because he can't okay. offer what's already existed and gone. Right, All this power will I give thee in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Again, getting back to why he's the God of this world, the prince of this world. If thou therefore will worship me, the devil says to Jesus, all shall be thine. And of course, Christ refused it. Jesus answered unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So apparently... Satan had the ability to bring the man Christ Jesus to a place, a high mountain, mm-hmm. spiritual realm, in my opinion, yeah. where he could show him all the kingdoms in a moment of time. And it apparently would have been the kingdoms that he had power over now and what would come, okay. kingdoms to come, like this nation, America. So he knows what's going to happen to him eventually in the end. I think he does because God must have told him. Yeah. And he can certainly see it in the scriptures. He doesn't believe it. He thinks he can defeat him, but he but, sees it. So, But he did not know what would happen if he crucified Christ because he obviously wanted that. If he would have known that that was going to be the salvation of the world, he would have never done it, right? That's right. And the Bible even tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that none of the princes of this world had known what would happen because had they known it, they wouldn't have crucified him. Hmm. Paul literally says that. So God hides things from them. So that's one of the mysteries. Yeah. It's got to be. Oh, it is. Absolutely one of the mysteries that was hid in God. Mm -hmm. So that even the fallen angels couldn't know it. Not even the good angels know it. You know, none of them Yeah, because they were all blown up going, why don't you step in and stop this, right? I'm sure. Yeah, because they were didn't know that there was a whole reason behind that, you know. Exactly. Which is why, John, I'm becoming more and more convinced that the spirit realm is all around us in our time and spatial dimension, but we just can't see it. It's back to that spectrum frequency thing that we talked about last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago. Um, We can't see it in our human form unless a portal is opened up to us to show it to us as yeah. Christ was taken by the devil, who must have had the technology to bring him. Maybe he he abducted him and put him in a craft, and God allowing it yeah. to take him into the spiritual realm to see through time to some extent. Hmm. You know, so we think he was just standing on a mountain looking over the the current Roman Empire. 
Yeah. Maybe it was way more than that. Yeah. He stepped outside of the confines of our realm. And in the spiritual realm, they can see a little further. Hmm. Just as we couldn't see them in in our three laws of the dimensions, you know. Yeah. Uh, we can't see them until a portal is open. And again, I'm not so sure it's another dimension. It's just showing us the same dimension, the same dimensions of space, time, and everything else, but more of it that we currently are just blind to. So many things we don't have answers to. <laughs> but we will. Yeah? Yeah. We can explore what the Bible does tell us, and, you know, all of this comes down to explaining why things like UFOs exist or USOs. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're from this realm. They're from, the, well, the spirit realm, but on our planet, mm-hmm. not from other planets. And, you know, these abductions are, and these genetic manipulations are being done in deep underground military bases right here rather than on some distant planet or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Remember, we talked about ultra terrestrials. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's really the, that what uh, uh, Dr. Putoff was, yeah. was yeah. trying to explain, or at least suggesting that we explore. So uh, I think we're, you know, when you talked about knowledge increasing in Daniel 12, I think that's what's happening now. Wow. Yeah. Beginning to see some things. Hopefully shedding some light for those that listen and watch us and help you make some sense of the craziness in this world. Hmm. Another great episode, Scott. Well, thank you, John. And thanks for being here. Yeah. And thank you all for tuning in as always. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your prayers. Keep those uh, testimonials coming to us. We'd love to hear if this show has had a positive impact in your life or somebody close to you. And also, don't forget that uh, we're going to continue to do live Q&As. Yeah. Uh, February 22nd will be the next, next one. This episode will probably be after that. So, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, sorry if I'm telling you after the fact. <laughs> but uh, we'll have another one in March, too. So until next time, be sure to look up for our redemption draws near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.